0: Well, I'm Pastor Norm, if you haven't already met me, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here. Today's message, it, I, I hope you laugh. Here it is. Oh, wait a minute. All right, click on that first slide for me, Mandy, and hopefully it'll let me. There is no me in team unless you're a bad speller and dyslexic. I was trying to come up with a title. And, and you know, I was like, uh, okay. So, this has really been rolling around inside of me a lot lately. And I'll explain it more as we go. But um, I, this is not intended to make it sound like, oh man, the church must just be going belly up or something. That's not what I'm doing. How many know that maintenance is important, right? You don't wait for your furnace to go bad, right, Troy? Well, he hopes you do, but then they can put a new one in but you don't wait for your furnace to go bad you maintain it over the years you know you change the filters and make sure the belts are good and all that stuff make sure there aren't any cracks and if you need to know if there are cracks call Troy because he is good at finding cracks in furnaces but he's back there going all right dad enough shut up so anyway what this message is really about is something God put on my heart and I'll explain it again in just a minute but it's not, there's nothing, no reason for this specifically other than I really felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to share. So I wanted to start out with this verse. And it, I think it's one of my favorite verses. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Now you're going to observe something today that might be new to you and that's the TNIV uh, I had been, I was, and I still like the NLT, but I, as I've been studying and getting my new degree, I've discovered that uh, this is actually one of the closest translations to the original without changing a whole lot. It keeps the, the general theme, uh, and that's why I'm using it today. So we'll try this out and see how it goes. I'm going to ask all of you to listen closely because every person in this room has a part in this. Even those, some that aren't here today, have a part in this. And, and it's not just for inside the church walls. In fact, I would dare say it's even more important outside the church walls. You know, how is the church? How do we relate to each other? How do we talk about each other, share about each other out there where people are listening to us? For months, the Lord has been dealing with me about raising us to a new level. And, and we've heard prophecies over this church. They've been spoken over us for years. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, Lord, where is it going to come to pass? You know? I mean, we've seen decent growth. But listen, we're in the end times, in my opinion. The last days, the end of an age, the age of grace, we're at the end of that. And my feeling is, we ought to be seeing hundreds, if not thousands of people coming to Christ. Now, it's not our job to get people saved. That's the Holy Spirit. But it is our job to be the church. To be a witness, to be the light, to be positive a positive role model for our community to see. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, Norm, you need to repent and get back to the basics. I'm just like, again? Anybody else ever feel like that? It's like, again? Why? When we mess up, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of our righteousness. But we've got to admit that. I'm not a perfect leader. I make mistakes. But you're the pastor. Uh huh. I'm also human. I have the being after me, too. Human being. You and I. We're in this together. We all have skin on, blood inside of us. I have less blood today than I had Friday because my doctor made me go get blood drawn and, and she couldn't find the vein. And I'm like, oh. She goes, oh, it's scar tissue. I'm like, whatever, it hurts. Find the stupid vein. But I feel a little weak today probably from that. As I've been going through this process, I was reminded of the Apostle Paul. And do you realize that almost every letter he wrote, he had to talk about stuff that was going on in those churches that wasn't up to par, up to snuff, if you will. I shouldn't use that word, should I? Oh, boy, that takes me back. Here's the thing the fires that he was often having to put out, they were fed by not the unbelievers. They were fed by the believers. And, and I wanted to read quickly from, uh, and this, this isn't up here, but 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. And he said, I appeal to you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another so that there will be no divisions. Now, I don't expect you to agree with everything I say or do here at The Hope. That would be silly. You're made different than I am. But you still need to be positive about what's going on here, even if you don't agree. And and if you can't do that, then you probably ought to find another church. Because if you're causing dissension or division, or you're causing people to leave instead of coming in, There's something wrong, and you don't want to be in that position. He went on to say, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, this is the old NIV, not the new NIV. My brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Everybody go, ooh. Quarrels. Can you imagine? There were quarrels. Chloe told him. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. And then he asks the question, is Christ divided? Paul here is calling out the brothers and sisters for refusing to yield in the contest of faith. You see, often we can find ourselves pitting each other against other believers because they might think a little different than you do. They might believe a little different than you do. They might exercise their faith a little bit different than you do. And when we refuse to yield in this contest of faith, the results are always a loss in two ways. First, for the church, because we lose our integrity. Second, out there in the world, because the world looks at us and they're disgusted with our behavior. So today, I'm asking you, to lay down your spiritual agendas and your pet peeves and listen, listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to you. All right? Very important message. And then remember this. How many know he wiped our slate clean? There isn't a person in this room, if you confess Jesus as Lord, who isn't cleansed of their unrighteousness. He forgave you. He's not holding anything against you. He's not, when you get to heaven, He's not going to go. You remember back on uh, uh, September the 21st, uh, thousand and nine. Yeah, 2019. When you said such and such to so and so, you remember that? He's not going to do that. It's forgiven. It's under the what? The blood of Christ. So may we like Christ, live as people who forgive and forget. Live as people that forgive and forget. May we hold our lights high. That is, as a result of the Christ who lives in us. And our heads low. That is, to walk in humility. You know, I had somebody come once, and I haven't seen him since, And we had bowed our heads in prayer, and the the person said, You know, Pastor, I don't know why you guys are bowing your heads. We're we're born again, we're filled with God's Spirit. We ought to be looking up. And that's important to do. You need to know who you are in Christ, but don't forget, you're still in the flesh. You're still a human being, and you need to be humble. Walk in humility. It's so important that we get this in us. We're all one body. Everybody say that. We're all one body. And as Paul taught, if we shoot ourselves in the foot, what's going to happen? It's going to cause injury and maybe even death if you bleed out. How many of you have ever been in a church and you've just gone, wow, (laughs) this place is, you can hear the death knell, right? I'm going to tell you something, a lot of times it's because people will not or would not put down their agendas, their spiritual agendas. Instead of getting along like we should, they just fought with each other, they, they were constantly in contention, and anybody new coming in is just going to go, I can get that at home. <laughs> I mean, not, you know. I'm sure it's not like that in our homes. I want to read, beginning with uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read from in chapter 3, verse 1. If you have your sword, you can turn there. Brothers and sisters, remember that. I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Who's he talking to here? Christians, the church. You are still worldly, for since there is, and remember these two words, jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Jealousy and quarreling. What do we have to be jealous of? with each other. Why would we quarrel over the things of God? And yet, we do. The church does. And You could take this a little farther. It's not just this church. When you throw it into the mix with E-Free, with uh, Crosspoint, Life Church, the Methodist, United Methodist, the, the, the Friendship Church, I hear this all the time. I want to tell you something. We pastors get along. But our people don't always get along. And that's wrong. Jealousy and quarreling. Are you not acting like mere human beings? For when one says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos." So he's taking the same reasoning he started with. Back when he talked about Cephas, he says, are you not mere human beings? You know, we shouldn't be running around in here. Well, I follow Roger, and I follow Norm, and I follow Dan, and I follow Julie, and I follow Barb. Who cares? We're all human beings. It doesn't matter who you like better. That's okay if you like Roger better than me. I don't care. I'm glad you do. I love Pastor Roger, too. But it shouldn't cause division in the church. It shouldn't cause jealousy or quarreling. What, after all, is Apollos, he said? What is Paul? Only servants, though through whom you came to believe. And the Lord has assigned to each his task. These men weren't asking people to come after the follow me, follow my camp. When you give, make sure the check's written out to my name, not Apollos. Uh Uh-uh. No, they're in this together. They're servants of the Lord. They want the same thing. People who come to know Jesus as Lord and who begin to serve Him. He said, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But, the right side of the but, God has been making it grow. So neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, Paul said, but only God who makes things grow. I thought I highlighted that, but I didn't. You know what? There's only one that matters, and that's Jesus. There's only one that matters, and that's God, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the three in one. We don't matter. Now, we could be important, our positions could be important, but it still doesn't matter. God is no respecter of people. He doesn't look at me and go, oh, you see what Norm did today? Yeah, that Jeff, that slouch, he's over there just praying. (laughs) No, he's saying, you see Jeff? Man, that dude's in there on his face right now asking for more of me for this church. That pastor, all he's doing is getting up there and preaching. Don't be following Jeff either. (laughs) Follow God. He's the one that makes it grow. The one who plants, the one who waters, have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their labor. For we are God's, get this, co workers. Co. Together. We're in this. We're a company of people. Co workers. You are God's field, God's building. Now, I don't have a slide for the verses 10 to 15, but he's talking about how you build on the strong foundation, which is, of course, only Jesus, right? And then he goes into this list of material things, gold, silver, costly stones, wood or hay, which I found interesting because he's actually talking about us spiritually, but he's including material things. And he says, if you build whatever you build through your ministry. If you build it and it goes through the fire because it's going to be tested and it survives, you're going to get a reward. But if it doesn't survive, meaning if you live your life here on earth building on that foundation but it's all fluff, it's, it's all the wrong kind of stuff, you're still going to get in heaven but barely. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a reward. I've gone through this life already 61 years. I want a reward when I finally get to heaven. I don't deserve it, but I want one, right? So I want to make sure that whatever I build on, that it's going to, it's going to last when it has to go through that fire. And that's what he said here. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet still be saved. Even though only as one escaping through the flames. So, don't be that guy or that lady. All right, Be the one that gets a reward. Build on the solid foundation. Meaning, live your life for Jesus and look like Him. Hallelujah. And then this next part. And this is what I really wanted to get to. Verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Say that, I am God's temple. And now listen to what he does here. And that God's spirit dwells in your midst, God wants to live in us. And verse 17, and I've highlighted it here, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And listen to this part. You together are that temple. You together are that temple. If anybody destroys God's temple, temple plural, then God will eventually destroy that person. We are the temple. We are the church. He's referring to us. Then, and now, we have to be so careful that we, we use the right tools, the right materials to build on Jesus. And not include our flesh, not include our sarcasm, not include all of those things that somebody else didn't do right in our opinion. You don't have anything nice to say? Shut up. Be quiet. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise, by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. Do you see what he did there? Don't think that you're all, I know it all. Ask me anything. I can tell you. And if I don't know, I'm going to tell you anyway, but it'll sound good. What's he talking about here? It, it's almost like, did he really mean that? We should become fools. What he's really saying is you should become humble. Don't think you're all that. Because as soon as you begin to think you're all that, you know this church wouldn't even survive if I left her. Yeah, it would. <laughs> It would, lead, it would still survive if I left here. And I'm the pastor. This is his business, not mine. I'm just a co-worker. what Worker. And so are you. If you're here, you're a co-worker. So don't think that you're all that. And listen to me. If you're saying things out there that aren't lining up with what we're talking about in here, You're in danger. That's what he's talking about right here. He's trying to get their attention. And then he says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight, as it is written. He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So don't think you can be out there peddling your own garbage then it's not going to eventually catch up with you because God knows your heart. And he will tend to his flock. All right? So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is of God. Pretty simple. I could stop there, but I'm not going to. I have more. The bottom line, there's no room in God's house for fighting. None. No room for backbiting. No speaking poorly of one one another. All right. I'm talking about church, but let me take this into the home. Husband, wife, you had better not be talking poorly about your spouse. If you are... That is the biggest division that there is. God bound you together. The two have become one. Who are you? She is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He is a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you pick on or say things about your spouse, you are destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God said, I won't put up with it. Don't be that person. Our children need to see us in unity. And if you've got a beef, get off to the side, somewhere where they can't hear you, and talk about it. Don't do it in front of them. Don't don't have a screaming match in front of your kids. They don't need to see that. That only brings disharmony and, what else, an uneasiness within your children. And then they begin to think, what if they leave? What if they're not here tomorrow? And those kids go through a living hell because we couldn't humble ourselves and do things God's way. That wasn't in my notes. But. I already talked about that. I already talked about that. The, the temple is holy. It's a sacred place. I hope you know that. And that's where the Spirit of God wants to dwell. And I'm actually getting, I'm going somewhere with this. If you hang on. It requires each of us to do our own part. That's what it means to serve the Lord, right? Right? Wow. <laughs> you all got quiet on me. Dilusia? We're all required to serve the Lord, right? That's a part of this. All right. There are no special interests in the body of Christ. I'm going to say that one again. There are no special interests in the body of Christ. No clicks. That's an old word, but it's still fitting. Most of us know what it means, except for Daniel. You might be too young, but you know what that is? Yeah. So let me ask what's your gifting? What's your gifting? How many like to pray? How many like to prophesy? How many like to intercede and prophesy? How many like to teach? How many like to just, just be there with a smile on your face at the front door? And ladies, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened this morning. Usually we have greeters up there to welcome people, and, and they weren't there. So... I'm glad you made it in, but uh, great to have you today. We all have our gifts. But when we start to say, you know what, Patty? I don't know why you're not up here preaching. I mean, you ought to be praying and asking God for the preaching gift. Because that's the gift that's important. I could try. (laughs) Would that be right? No. Because god gives us specific gifts and i can't expect you if i'm an intercessor i can't expect you to be an intercessor maybe you are and all of us should pray don't get me wrong but that there's a difference between an intercessor and somebody praying and we can't be critical of somebody that's praying because they don't pray the way i pray i've seen this happen You're not praying right. So, what? Leave them alone. If it's working for them, who cares? At least they're praying. Maybe you don't sing like Mary, most don't. But that doesn't mean God doesn't want to hear your voice. In fact, sometimes I think he gets a bigger tickle out of here than the people that shouldn't be singing. Because you are still. That's an act of faith. I include myself in that one. Here's the thing. We are not judged by how we compare to our neighbors. Get this? We are judged by how we compare to Jesus. He he is He is the judge. But that's how you and I will be judged, all right, when that day comes. All right, I'm going to try to move along here quickly. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, therefore, I urge you. Thank you. In view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is true worship. So, again, whatever we do with this should be an act of worship to Him. And if we can get this in our spirit, you know, when somebody sucks you in to a conversation that you shouldn't be in, walk away. You don't even have to apologize. Just walk away. Or say, you know what, that's not right. If somebody is... Is denigrating another that you know. Somebody in the church, the pastors, another church, another pastor. Man, you should just, you know what? I don't need this. That's not from God. We're supposed to live in unity. We're supposed to get along. And this temple is sacred. It is holy. And I'm not bringing that pollution into it. That's what he's saying here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be like them. You turn the television on, what do you see? Negative, 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 negative. That's the only thing that seems to sell, that and sex. Nothing wrong with sex in, inside the marriage bed. And God bless that, but I'm not talking about that. That's not the kind of stuff we see on TV. It's the wrong kind. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then Paul jumps into this discussion on the body of Christ. And this is the part I really, really, really wanted to get to. And let me start by saying there are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. None. Even when Jesus went to get alone to pray, He still had men with Him. The only time you saw him alone, and he really wasn't alone, he was with God, the Holy Spirit, was when he went into the desert for 40 days. For by grace, he said, given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. I just wanted to add here, pay attention to you. Not anybody else. What your brother is doing, what your sister is doing, they'll give an account. You worry about you. All right, Sober judgment. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form what? One body. And each member belongs to the others. Poke your neighbor and say, you belong to me. Come on. This is truth. You might not like it. Wait a minute, what does that mean? It means we should hold each other accountable. We should speak the truth in love, but never never, never in a way that's meant to cut their legs out from under them. If they're worse off after you talk to them than they were before, something's wrong. Would you mind if I shared that? Could I see your certificate? Chad got baptized last Sunday in water. So So this is, I'll give it right back. So this is what it says. And and Chad, I don't know if you knew you were signing up for this, but see, this beautiful water baptism certificate. We hereby issue this certificate to the person named above, in this case, Chad Westcoat, as confirmation that he was fully immersed in water as a public statement of his faith in Jesus Christ on September 15, 2019, last week. The people of this church vow to hold him accountable, and to pray for him as the Lord leads. We also pray that the Holy Spirit guide him in his daily walk with him and that his love for him grow more and more each day. To God be the glory. We are in this together. Chad took a a public stand. Dale and Marina came up here as well, and they too took a public stand and said, I love Jesus, I'm serving him, I want everybody to know that. And in doing that, they were saying to you and me, help me. Co workers, co laborers, we're in this together. Does this make sense? Yeah. Then, this next part, and this is kind of where I went already. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If teaching, teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What I see this list saying, and it's not all-encompassing, but what I see it saying is no gift is better than another. They're all needed. Just like I can't do without different body parts. I would be a mess if I didn't have my mouth because I wouldn't be able to feed it and I'd shrivel up and there'd be nothing left. Right? I thank God for my hearing so that I can hear you guys when you build up the church, when you praise Jesus, when you tell me, good job, pastor, afterwards. Notice I didn't go the other way. <laughs> but if I didn't have these parts, it'd be tough. And if we don't have some of the parts that are mentioned in this list and more, the church suffers. We need all of you. And the next subheading, before I begin the next verse in verse 9, he's, it's, it's love in action is what it's titled, but he's talking again to whom? The brothers and the sisters in the Lord. Here we go. Love must be sincere. Say that with me. Love must be sincere. Say the next part. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. You know what? If we just stuck with this right here, if we just made that our refrigerator magnet this week, or this year, or the rest of our life, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And I highlighted these, these are my highlights, not the Bibles. Be devoted to one another in love, honor one another, and this is the hard part, above yourselves. That's what it means to be humble. Look at, if every one of us looked at the others and said, you are more important than I am. Imagine what the church would be like today. you know it doesn't matter if you've got a job where you're making six figures or if you're under income and you're under 10 grand a year it doesn't matter we're all in this together nobody is any better than the other never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord he talks about serving a lot here Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Again, this is just common sense stuff. We should take care of each other when we can. The next one, practice hospitality. And I I had a little aside here, and I actually bookmarked it, Hebrews 13.2. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it. In, in the uh, TNLT it says show hospitality. Back in the day when Paul was preaching, they didn't have the kinds of hotels and inns that we have today. So it was extremely important that people were hospitable. Otherwise they wouldn't have anywhere to sleep and he'd have to go out and sleep in the woods. So you can see why he said this, but there are times... How many have ever opened your home up for somebody? Let me ask you, and just by a nod, was it easy? Did you ever bring somebody in that was maybe just a little shady? You know know what I mean? Or at least in your mind, you just weren't sure. I don't mean Jeff, Chris. (laughs) This isn't your husband we're talking about. No, I know you guys, you, you have done that. You know, we've taken them in over the years and uh, helped people, different people, brothers, sisters in the Lord. I remember one guy we helped out where he had shoulder surgery and he was a, he was a bachelor, single, so he we, well come over and live with us for five weeks. And it went really good. He was a trooper. But uh, my point is, sometimes when you do that, you're entertaining angels. And how many know when that happens, there's some rich blessings left behind. And every time we've done it, it wasn't easy. Oh, man, they're in my bathroom again. It's my turn. Didn't he see the schedule? Even though it's hard, afterwards you always feel better. I help somebody. Somebody in need. That's what it means to be hospitable. Bless those who persecute you, bless, and do not curse. Keep this in mind that's our job hello bless each other and don't curse them what does it mean to curse somebody Clarence you rascal you did it again man really you call that playing bass Lord I love brother Clarence he is a rock star in my mind I thank you for the abilities you put in him Bless him, Lord, for playing the bass. Bless him for leading Wednesday night the book of Titus. Bless him, Lord, because he's just an awesome guy. Now let me ask you this. Which one would you rather have spoken over you? So let's treat people like we want to be treated. I don't want to be cursed. I want you guys to bless me, even if you don't like me. Claudia, why were you laughing so loud? (laughs) Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing. Am I in the wrong one? Yeah, I'm in the right one. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not think you're superior. You get that, right? Do not repay evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Man. The world needs to see us living like this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This should go under the other one. If it is possible. Am I not on the right one? Where am I? Oh, there it is, 18. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible. Listen, I know there are times when you you give it your best. And it just isn't received. And you just have to, you know what, Lord? I give it to you. That's all you can do. You, you put the thing in somebody else's court and you say, all right, now it's up to you. What are you going to do with it? You know, I forgive you if that's what's necessary or will you please forgive me if that's what's necessary? And then if it isn't received, you just let it go. You give it to God and try, try not to dwell on it. But if it is possible... Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. Again, who's he speaking to? The church. This should be normal, basic stuff. But they didn't get it. They were still doing this, or he would not have brought it up. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, the Lord says, I will repay. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on their heads now this this whole idea and i'm almost done this whole idea is they had little baskets that they would put on their heads and people that didn't have would walk through the town and those that had coals extra they'd have an extra coal they'd come out and as a person walked by their window they would put one in their the basket on their head so that they could go home with a few five or six or eight or whatever coals, and then they too would be warm. You didn't have to know the person. They could have been your enemy, but if they needed it, you needed to give it to them. What did that do? It blessed them, but that person had to think, you know what, I, I, shot, I shot my mouth off at her last week, and she gave me a couple coals today. What's it going to make them do Maybe they're going to feel a little bit of conviction, which they should, and the Holy Spirit can use your act of kindness, that blessing, to help turn somebody around that might have been causing division, and now they're going to come back full strength and be be one of those that brings unity into the body. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Here's the skinny of this. If a brother or sister offends you, you need to bless that brother or sister. Don't run around telling everyone how awful that person is, how evil, because that's evil when you do that. You don't try to get revenge. That, too, is evil. You feed the person. You bless him or her. And I like this, and it was one of my terms, but you build a love bridge back to that person. You know a lot of times we want to we want to blow the bridge up when somebody hurts us. Hello? But that's not God's way. That's not the way Jesus taught us. He said, "No. You you do the agape love. Unconditional. Doesn't matter what they did to you, you keep that bridge built." Because it might, it might bring them back to him one day. And it might bring unity into the church again. And it doesn't matter if you want to, you have to. This is a command of the Lord as well as Paul, right? Bless your neighbor, love your neighbor, Jesus said. And this will hopefully lead to that person seeing their wickedness and repenting, and coming back into the body of Christ. All right, I got way too much to go here. Yeah, I think I'm going to close. I wanted to get to the end. Um, in in uh, Ephesians four, and I'm not going to read it all. I don't. We don't have time. I was going to look at especially verses 23, 22. Let me me start there. Let me see if I can find it up here. There it is. You were taught, verse 22, with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body you got that all right so he gives us three things to do there put off put on and put away and we'll get to that in just a minute in your anger am i there in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. For those who have been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And it goes into don't talk any unwholesome talk, etc. You got that, I think. But what I wanted to share was this little bit from uh, Wiersbe's expository outline. And he says, "We are to put off the old self." You know the the flesh. We're all flesh. We're human beings. When you came to Christ, you put that off. You're a new creation in Christ. And that's what you put on is Christ. His righteousness. You act like Him. You speak like Him. You bless people. You don't curse them. And then you put away the sinful responses. Instead of getting angry at people, and and they may deserve it, but instead of getting angry, you, you just back up, suck it in, you count. Lord, I bless this person in the name of Jesus. I pray that Claudia would have a great week all week. She, work, she works in the office so I could pick on her. I love you. That's what we do. And, and what does this do, though? What does this do? Where to go? In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down. Do not give the devil a foothold. That's what it does. When you don't lie about each other, people in church don't do that, really. Did you hear what so-and-so said? Did you hear what so-and-so did? (gasps) What is that? Do you really know that? Lies. Lies. What's that do? Gives the devil a foothold. When you speak poorly about somebody else gives the devil a foothold and it's not just into the church it's into your life when you get angry what's it do gives the devil a fall and then he can do more menacing things get off get on put away all right got it last one set a guard over my mouth lord keep watch over the door of my lips Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat of their delicacies. And I'm going to close with this. Remember, I started with this one. How good it is and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Everybody say, Amen. amen. This is the rest of it. This is the whole chapter. It's the shortest one. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head running down on the beard running down on Aaron's beard down on the collar of his robe it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion now he's being poetic here but what he's saying is this is God's anointing when God anoints something that means he set it aside for his pleasure do you know what it means when God sets us aside for his pleasure the last verse says it, for there the Lord bestows His blessing. You want to know why we haven't seen the prophecies come, to, come alive yet in this place? Because we got to work on this. That's what the Holy Spirit shared with me this week. Norm, just call them out to repentance. To come back to the basics. Be, love each other. Love each other. Love, love the people at Evangelical Free. In fact, when we close today, because I just found this out this last week, Pastor Scott's wife, and I'm sorry, what's her first name? Anybody? Laura. Laura, Laura was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. They're part of our family. I love Pastor Scott. And they need our prayers. And that's how we should be with each other. So I'm going to ask you to stand. Lord, I just pray right now a rich blessing over everybody here. You know everything there is about us, every little detail, Lord, what we messed up yesterday and what we got right. And I pray today, Lord, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just here to, I'm judging myself. It's their business to judge themselves. So, Lord, it's my prayer that they would just look internally today and ask themselves, How have I been doing with this? As much as it's up to me, am I living in peace with others? Am I doing everything I can to bring unity into the body or have I been one of those others who's been causing division or strife or not supporting my brothers and sisters as I should? Lord, it's so easy to get into the mess. It's so easy to talk poorly of others. Help me with that. That's my prayer. If that's yours, raise your hand. Lord, help me, to, help me to pray for others and to bless them, not to curse them. Help me to pray for everybody that's in this room, even those as you bring their faces to my attention during the week, Lord. And may I pray blessings over them and not curses. And Lord, I pray you'd bind us so tightly together with those strong cords of love, Lord, that, that the enemy wouldn't be able to break in That the pawns that the devil uses wouldn't be able to break in. And that this church, as we live in unity with each other, Lord, that we would bring the anointing of the blessing of God into this church in ways that none of us ever even thought possible. Because your ways are so much higher than our ways. Your thoughts so much higher than ours. You want to do something here at the Hope. And I pray we'd get out of the way and let you do what you want to do. So this week, Lord, it's my prayer that we would put off the old self, put on the skins of Jesus, and put away the sinful lifestyle, the sinful living, in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, would you say amen? Now here's how I'm going to close. Love each other. If there's somebody in this room that you've got something against, I want you to pray for them this week. You spend every day, you better at least pray for them once, a blessing over them. And if you need to, go to them and ask forgiveness. And if they come to you, I hope you're humble enough to say, I forgive you. (laughs) Don't be going, I ain't forgiving you. That's, That's evil. So be good. I'm expecting when we come back next week, God's gonna do something, birth something. And by the way, we're getting a treat next week. Pastor Barb is gonna preach. She hasn't preached in here in a long time. And I wanna tell you something, God put a message on her heart. It's gonna be powerful and it's always short. That, that, that's a given, everybody loves her. Oh, Pastor Barb, that was a great message. And I tell her it's because it was so short. Hey, I love you guys. I I hope you see this for what it is. Again, it was one of those where I was like, I don't want to preach this. And the Lord said, please do this. Let them know. Put it in their court. And watch what I do. Watch what I do. So let's, mm, mm, if we can't say anything nice, mm, everybody do that. Mm, mm, Right? Or just walk away. Somebody brings up nonsense. And let's see what God does at this church because we love each other. All right, I love you guys. Father, again, we just pray a rich blessing over our people. In our coming and going, Lord, I pray you would line up our path with people that need to hear the truth about Jesus. Lord, that we would be a gospel of Jesus Christ, ambassadors carrying the light of the good news. Lord, use us as only you can. Whether we're here in Galat or traveling to Grand Rapids or whatever it is, Lord, use us in Jesus' name. Keep our families safe. I pray rich blessings, Lord, would be everybody's here, promotions, raises, Lord, that you would bless our people as only you can. We give you this church, all that we are, all that we have, and the very success of the hope, Lord, it's yours. And Lord, I don't want to forget We pray for our brother across the street, his wife, Lord. I cannot personally imagine what they're going through right now. But my heart breaks for them. I pray for Laura. God, we believe in prayer. We believe that Jesus Christ's blood heals yet today. We pray for Laura in the name of Jesus, Lord. Heal her from that wickedness. Heal her, the very root of that cancer, Lord, that it would shrivel up and that the doctors would go, we don't know what happened, but it's not there anymore. And God, the eloquent Facebook letter that Pastor Scott wrote, I I wept when I saw it. He was so humble, so kind. And Lord, I just pray you would keep that man strengthened as they walk through this journey. That that the enemy intended for harm, I pray you would bring good into that situation. We love them. We pray rich blessings upon them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, God bless you.